Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to Talk Appella, Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. I am one of your co-hosts, John Lampus. And I'm the other, Brian Alexander. You're just, you're the other? You didn't say the other co-host, but you're just the other? No, it was kind of implied, the the whole co-host thing. Mm, I think you should have said the other one. What? I I think at this point... Let's practice this again. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're going to do this. All right. We're really going to do this, John. No, we're not. We're starting the episode. This isn't the actual thing. Brian, how you doing, man? (laughs) I'm doing pretty well. You know, how about yourself? You just started uh, school back up. How's that going? Yeah, teaching choir to middle schoolers, most of whom don't want to be there. It turned a corner these past two days, and that's been good that's been good but you know what's really on my mind today is speeding because that's how i got here on time (laughs) just like i don't think i've ever blatantly broken the law and just gone way that far above the speed limit until today and it's it's i don't know i felt really kind of powerful not gonna lie that's really full disclosure how many speeding tickets have you gotten before zero zero what i don't believe that i've never had a ticket I've been pulled How? over once, and it was in Washington because I was driving in the left lane too long, but I've never gotten a ticket. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Is How all many I do you say. have? Uh, okay, put, this might put take it on the line, time. man. <laughs> if you're just putting me on the spot, I think maybe three to four. You know, give, other I'm than gonna, that, I'm like I'm gonna an text excellent Laura driver. later. So I don't have what? your wife's don't, number. Don't you dare! I'll just, I'll, don't you I'll dare! Message her. Be like, how how is Brian lying about the speeding tickets? No, but I'm, more I'm importantly, an excellent driver. Yeah. More importantly, you know what I'm thinking about today, Brian? <laughs> Probably our guest, right? I was I was gonna say the upcoming DC Comics crossover, but yeah, our our <laughs> guests because this is an acapella podcast where we talk about acapella with acapella people. It's always so fun to just see how much we banter at the beginning, and like the guests are just kind of like waiting in the wings, like. It throws them for a loop. Should we laugh? Like, (laughs) but that wasn't that funny. Like, and just and just how much we can stretch. We know what they're thinking. What was that, Brian? I said we definitely know what they're thinking. They're like, get some better material. Yeah, I mean, hey, we have our dynamic (laughs) today. I'm gonna make sure we pronounce these names right. We have Syra Guthrie. Yes, and Aaron. (laughs) <laughs> and Aaron Youssef. Yeah. Sweet. Brian yeah. and I were like practicing <laughs> the names before. I'm like, okay, how do we pronounce these? We've gotten pretty good at pronouncing names with doing We've this. never butchered, like straight on butchered anyone's name to my Ooh, knowledge. Since you've been here. Okay, but I would say since my time on the pre- show. Pre-Brian Tacapella, there, there, was, there was some butchering. It was it was Ooh. a little rough. Ladies, how you doing today? Good. Good? Doing well. Okay. <laughs> we're really glad to have you on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your acapella background? Obviously, you're part of the Austinettes, an all-female acapella group based out of Austin, Texas. I see what you did there. Can you tell us a little bit about your acapella journey yourselves, and then we'll dive into this week's episode? Sure. So I'm one of the founding members of the Austinettes. We started in February. February 2013 and I was the original business manager. I'm currently the former business manager. I just did another round and yeah, we've had a, probably like 20 or so members come through, but it's been a while. Yeah, we've had a, probably like 20 or so members come through, but it's been a while. So I think if you were a founding member and you've uh, been in the group some time, I think we might have actually previously met because I was at Texas Sing or Sing Austin or one of those many years ago. And I feel like I've met members from you all's group at that point. It's entirely possible. Yeah, I only missed one of those Texas events. So we might have met. Okay, awesome. Cute. <laughs> and Erin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your acapella life? Sure. I am sort of new to the acapella world. I'm a choir hey, girl. Hey, hello. Thank 
Thank you. Cool. Yay! <laughs> Choir nerd from way back. And last year, I started looking for, I wanted to find something where I could sing more pop music and also a different social outlet, different musical outlet. And I came across auditions for the Austinette. And luckily, they let me in. And I'm actually the music director this season, which is really exciting. So loving it so far. Awesome. And I'm curious, with Austin being such a big music scene, because I'm, I'm born and raised in Texas, and I remember anytime anything cool musically was happening, you go to Austin at the end of the day. And being an acapella group, you know, was there any interest in non-vocal music before your time in Austin Nets, or was that you all just knew that, you know, I want to do acapella. When the Austinets was formed, the other founder, the one who was the music director and I was the business side, she and I met at auditions for another group here in town. They were called Cameron Road. They are now called Carpe Sono. Okay. But as far as I could tell, they were the only true like acapella closest it could be to college acapella, but for people not in school anymore. And so luckily I met Anna Lee and she and I exchanged numbers. And then she said, Hey, I'm forming a group. And do you want to be the president? And I said, okay. So, and you've been in the group since 2013, since it all kicked off. Yep. I'm curious, what would you say, and I'd love to hear answers from both of you, because I bet they'll be slightly different. What would you say is the goal of the Austinets? Like what's your reason for doing what you do? I have an answer. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> So we kind of asked ourselves the same question about a year in and we were like, what's our mission and why, why are we doing this? And we came up with harmony and it's harmony in friendship, in music, obviously, and also with the Austin community. And so from time to time, we've you know realized we're really busy. And so our commitment to the Austin community waxes and wanes. But friendship comes first and obviously music is a hurdle we've all had to you know we all made it into this group so we have those two things that are pretty cohesive being friends is just really why we're doing this that you know sing well and you can have goosebumps because you really like each other and you're making really good music Aaron, do you have anything you want to add to that? I mean, I feel like that's a pretty shared goal for all of us. We've even, you know, talked about that as a group. Coming from a choral background, initially, I was more accustomed to thinking of it like music first, social second. But because of the nature of the group and it's so small and it's just a completely different experience. So it's friendships and and music and harmony and and you know liking each other and singing together it's generally a good thing to to have in there Mm -hmm. yeah and i relate so much to what you just said about the whole aspect of music sometimes being at the forefront versus the social aspect i think Mm -hmm. you see a lot more of that when you're looking at scholastic group or even a kind of professional group there's just so much this focus a lot of the scene of the collegiate space today is just so competitive the music is should be the top priority we have to have everything fine-tuned whereas you all are coming from a a standpoint you mentioned the term friendship and friends and that being at such a core aspect of what groups post-collegiate should have a focus on in some aspects so i'm just curious because i remember when we were beginning our initial talks to have you all come on the show i use the term semi-pro to reference you all and you you're quick to just say, hey, we're not a semi-pro group, we're a hobby group. And I think that kind of ties into the aspect of, you know, friendship and maybe music not being such a critical point of the group. So could you kind of like elaborate on what does a hobby group mean to you all? It means we all have jobs and 
our own personal lives and being understanding comes first. But also that because we like each other so much, we can really like hold our commitments to each other and really like feel like I know that everyone else is working just as hard as me because we all really like this. It's a safe space. There's no criticism of like, am I a great musician or not? It's just everyone is accepted and it's very much balanced with your life. We rehearse two hours a week and we learn all of our music outside of it through recordings. So when you arrange a song, it's not done until you've got part recordings for everyone. So you can come to rehearsal already ready. And so it's a lot of like doing stuff outside of rehearsal and making sure that you're as committed and pulling your weight as far as learning your parts. So that way when we come to rehearsal, Aaron doesn't have to work so hard to like plunk out our notes, fix things. Good for me. <laughs> Aaron, as someone who came into the group later than Syrah, what's it been like for you, especially as a choral person, with the notion of a hobby group? Because I've been in like not hobby acapella groups, but just something like, oh yeah, we just go and sing. And the music is less, it's less like music than friends. And it's more like the music is a product of the community aspect of it. And I'm just curious mm -hmm. as someone who comes from a similar choral background, what was that like for you? It's definitely different and in a good way. I mean, I think there's a place for both types of groups, depending on what you're looking for. I'm still, uh, I'm very involved in choirs as well. And I, so I'm still in, you know, some choral groups where it's very much you go and you get right down to business. And I still don't know half of everyone's names because it's not about that. And that's great. But the Austin ads has been a really fantastic outlet for just being able to explore music and explore my own voice and what I'm capable of hearing what other people are capable of through a much more relaxed environment and through really appreciating the relationships that we have and that we build through music it's that's we're all different people and we're we're all younger but still you know our ages are a little bit spread out and people have different jobs people have different interests but we all have this one common passion of music and it really brings us all together and we just did solo auditions for a couple of songs last night and it reminded me again that it's the most re relaxed audition environment I've ever had the privilege of being a part of and I think that that's really great because it allows us all to just enjoy each other and the music and not get so caught up in the tension of am I good enough what are these other people going to think about me you know there's none of that it's really nice it's very refreshing I think that makes a lot of sense in regards to you're already getting your like intense choral fix from somewhere mm -hmm. else. So do you have a specific group that is for a relaxed environment for yeah. just being with each other? I think that's probably very healthy and probably pretty relaxing in a refreshing way. Brian, what do you think, man? Yeah, I was going to say, I think when it comes to like the scholastic groups, you know, they can definitely cause you to age a little bit quicker than some of these other groups because there's so much pressure and so much intensity as, uh, you know, Aaron was talking about to kind of be like, am I good enough compared to when you're doing the solo auditions to am I holding my own within the group as, you know, we're learning new songs and fitting in and things like that. So I, I think it's kind of vital to have an, a musical outlet at some part of your life that's just really, if you're a musician, that's just a little bit toned down, little just like, hey, I can really just enjoy what I'm doing because you hear like musicians do that. You know, he's like, hey, I need to step away because everything is so demanding. It's so rigorous. And you know, why shouldn't the same apply to acapella at the end of the day? I think that idea of outlet making like people say like oh music is an outlet for me but if it's your job it's not always an outlet so having something that a musical pursuit that is an outlet first mm -hmm. rather than like an intense choral craft focused place to grow and stuff but is more just like i'm gonna go and have fun doing this 
super, super important. And I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of intense groups, scholastics, pro, semi pro, whatever, have trouble bouncing. So Syra and, and Aaron, I think that's really cool that you have crafted a group that is specific, that has this specific goal of like people come in and we have a good time. We're going to try to be good at this, but the goal is community rather than necessarily being the absolute best because you don't, that doesn't have to be the goal of every group. And I think it's cool you've carved that space out. We still strive to be good and, and everything, but our motivation isn't from a place of musical perfection or trying to be the best. It's more about collectively, we all like love and appreciate each other and we kind of motivate each other through that sort of friendship aspect mm-hmm. to make good music together. It's it's just a di- it's like a different type of motivation, which is really cool. In some iterations of this group, we've gone kind of a little bit more towards friendship, a little more towards music, and I've seen it as it drifts and changes with different members. During the times when it got a little bit more intense, I wasn't able to be as good of a singer. I didn't take as many risks with arrangements. I wouldn't bring something to the group because I wouldn't think it was good enough. And, you know, I didn't try for solos that I didn't think like fit my voice. And now I feel like people push themselves a little more. We all try a little bit of vocal percussion. We have workshops where we try to teach each other our arranging tricks so we can all kind of contribute in that way. And I think just having us push ourselves makes us do better and sound better than if we were terrified. So the lower stakes increases a sense of like freedom and collaboration, it sounds like. Yeah, and and makes you sound better. I yeah. I, I think I got like a higher range now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm curious because now I feel like I'm really getting a sense of you know, who the Austinettes are, uh, just by you all elaborating on, you know, this is our identity. This is what the group has kind of been formed and shaped to be. So I'm curious, how does that translate to the music? You know, what, Mm. is there a certain style of the group being this kind of more fun, friendly type of group, or does that affect the sound that you all produce? I think. Yeah. Like in the the, the genre and stuff like that. I mean, I guess our genre is not, there's no real genre here. It's whatever Mm. we felt like we liked. We've had a process for selecting our repertoire for the last couple of seasons that's been working pretty well, so it's all Aaron has known. Around the time we brought Aaron in, (laughs) we we were trying to figure out, like, what's a better way to figure out what's the songs we sing next, what we all like to do, and how do we do more songs that get us all excited? Because, you know, some songs you, you know, fill you with dread and other ones fill you with joy. And so we came up with a lot of organization, actually, behind the way that our group is now. Like, for figuring out what our sound is, it's more about what songs we like at the moment and the things that people are more motivated to arrange and so I always say I want to sing whatever someone is willing to arrange and so I don't really care if you know about a certain song or not it's just a matter of if you are like like the song enough to want to bring it to the group like I want to sing it I'm happy for it but we also want to like make sure that it's not all just complete passion projects And so we have some slots in our repertoire that we set for things that we vote on and whichever ones rise to the top, we commit to doing. And then somebody takes those on and we do those songs. But the sound for all of our songs, there's really no one cohesive thread. It's all based on whatever the arranger was feeling. We found an arrangement we liked and we improvised off of it. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's tough to say. Someone once asked me, what's our sound? And I have no answer. Well, it sounds like the connective threads are your guys' personalities. Yeah. We like more complex arrangements, but it makes it tough because when someone's missing. <laughs> we sing things that we like. I think that's, <laughs> that's like the thread that ties us all together because this is the first group I've ever been in where I actually have a say in 
what I get to sing. You know, normally it's just here. This is what we're doing this season, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's what I'm used to. But I, that was one of the things that I loved about coming into this group was that we actually get to vote on things and have a say so even if you don't love every song you know everybody loves some songs you know so um, i think yeah collectively it's just it's a little piece of all of us so so not to just put you on the spot but what was if you can think of of it what was the last piece that someone brought to the group and everyone was just like yeah we have to do this song or that no that arrangement sounds great let's go for it was there a certain <laughs> arrangement or song that that occurred, or is it a lot of debating? Or I'm trying to think, how did our repertoire happen this season? I feel like everybody was pretty excited about Oh, the Coldplay. Mirrors, yeah. everybody's pretty excited about Mirrors. Okay, I, I know that one. I definitely know that one. Good song. I found an insane version of Trumpets, the Jason Drillo song, and we found an all-female group doing it. We were like, what? This is all women, and it sounds amazing. So... Oh, when we did Jealous last season. Oh, yeah, that one, too. So it sounds like by you saying that you all do trumpets, that it's not just one gender type song. You guys are really open to doing all kinds, whether it's male or female led songs. Yeah. Because I know I see a lot of guy groups really just kind of branching out, doing everything. I don't see as many, you know, all treble or all female groups really doing a lot of stuff. And I didn't know if that was any part of your makeup or you guys are just like, you know what? If we want to sing it, we're going to sing it. Yeah. If we want to sing it, we're going to sing it. It could be (laughs) old. I feel like I'm struggling the older I get to to figure out what's hip and new. So I'm pretty stuck in the 90s at this point. (laughs) I I I don't think anyone ever actually knows what's (laughs) hip and new. (laughs) (laughs) We did a Billie Eilish song a couple years ago. We were like, who is this person? (laughs) All the kids are listening to her. The rest of us then. (laughs) The, The middle schoolers really like Billie Eilish. That's, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's pretty in right now. So quick question, just to kind of give us a little bit more insight. So someone, you all say that pretty much anyone kind of has free reign to bring something to the group. What's the process of incorporating new music into your group? You know, is someone just takes it upon themselves to, hey, I'm going to arrange this uh, one song I just heard off the radio. I'm going to arrange Sean Mendes, Camila Cabello, Senorita. And I, di- I arranged it. Do I just bring it to the group? Everyone listens to it. Then you vote. Do we fight? for hours on if we like it or not, or how does that whole process work? The answer is, if you want to arrange it, you're allowed to. Just go for it, do it, bring it to the group ready to sing, and we'll sing it, we guarantee it. We'll just oh, wow. put it in the slot. If we've already figured out a repertoire for the season, we'll we'll put it in the next song queue for the next season. If you're not sure you want to arrange it, or you're just like, this is a good idea, two months before the season ends, We each submit three songs that we think we would like the group to do in whatever state of readiness. They could already be arranged. They could be things that need to be arranged completely from scratch. And then everybody listens to everyone's songs and then we vote. And then the ones that rise to the top, however many slots we have to fill, we'll just take the ones off the top. And then everybody claims an ownership of which song. Usually if you submitted it, it's yours. You get first dibs, but there's no rules about that. You could take a song someone else submitted if they don't want to arrange it. It sounds like this is a very fine-tuned process, very deliberate. There is a document. <laughs> okay, well, I want to hear more about that and all of the like ins and outs of how you like manage like the business aspect of this. We got to take one quick break, but we're going to be right back here on Tacapella talking with two members of the Austinettes, Syra Guthrie and Aaron Youssef. 
You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to acaville.org, check out the member benefits, because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And welcome back to Tacapella. Oh, God, that was Perfect. so cute. That, that might oh have been my, the yes. best lead in to our second segment. Like, <laughs> in a while. Man, I've heard some really, really good that, ones. I've heard people do like three. a, I would say, I yes, I would say top three. It's been a while. Some people I did have before, it was right before you joined, Brian. I did mm-hmm. have the members of like four members of the Yellow Jackets do like they build a seven chord, like welcome, Ooh. welcome, you know, like okay. and build it. And that's then they're like, good. it was really cute. But honestly, that's up there. That was that was right up there with that. Sorry, Would guys. The like lead-in is like really, I, I really like the lead-in into section two. John is really passionate about certain things with the show, and yeah, we just yep. found out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Thanks for tuning back into the show. We have been speaking with members of the Austinettes, Syrah Guthrie and Aaron Youssef, and... Wow, we've just been learning a lot of what it means to be a hobby group, you know, kind of infusing that personality and that fun nature into an acapella group and, you know, everything that kind of goes along with it. So if you've been listening, you know, thanks for tuning back in with us. So we want to kind of jump into a little bit of a different segment of the show where we're going to talk a little bit more about the business things. I don't know if we get to talk enough about business with acapella groups, but I think it's We do, but it's always scholastic. Yeah. It's pretty much always scholastic because if it's a pro group, they're just like, well, we have a manager and that's it exactly and i think it's super important with so many post-collegiate groups kind of popping up that you know what Mm -hmm. if i don't have an institution like a university or a label to kind of fall back on to help with all this stuff built-in infrastructure totally because you guys have clearly had to build this from scratch and i think this is going to be super informative and revealing for a lot of people who maybe want to start a post-collegiate hobby group but just yeah you get caught up in all in trying to figure out the logistics and it's tough yeah because i've been a part of a few post-collegiate groups and you know we have our own methods some of them work some of it didn't so i'm really curious to hear what you all do to make everything work out for your group so could you kind of just tell us a little bit about the structure of your group how do you do things internally anything that kind of goes along with that sure do you want to start at the beginning or where we're at now (laughs) Uh, i mean i kind of want to hear the beginning it just like just yeah like yeah yeah the beginning okay so keep in mind we have 20 minutes (laughs) yeah in the beginning i met the founder at an audition for another group here in town. One of the other members came from that same batch and the rest were found off of Craigslist. So in the beginning, all of our members came from Craigslist posts. We use the same one <laughs> these days when we when we were looking for new members. That's such a common thing but... with groups, Craigslist. <laughs> That's how I got Brian on the, Brian to be my co-host, yeah. Craigslist. Nice. It works, but I would say over time, the fact that we have a form on our website that lets people say that they're interested in auditioning gives us a good batch of people to pull from whenever we have auditions now. So it's not only Craigslist folks. I think, Aaron, which one were you? I was Craigslist. Ah. Yeah. Wow, not not supporting the argument here. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a complete liar. So yeah, when we formed, we had no name. So we came up with Ostonets because it was the least hated we didn't know who we were then. We would love to change it, but it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> we had a quick vote of like what our leadership structure would be. And we were like, yep, Anna, you are the music director. And then everybody voted that I was president. And I was like, great, I can take this and run with it because I was the business manager of my acapella group in college. And we were a very different group, but 
I knew that we had to have a color, which apparently is not a thing. We don't have a color now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think color, colors are important, right? Yeah. yeah, we don't have a color. We said we had a color at first, and it's, we've never used it. So, what, do you guys um, have a logo? We do have a logo. What um, color is the logo? Our logo has changed two times. It used to be mint. Now it's black and white. Oh, mm-hmm. Ooh, I like mint. Okay. Sorry. I, but yeah, I, I we, we came up with our name. <laughs> we created a Facebook page, a YouTube channel, a Twitter handle, which we don't use anymore. Instagram came later and, oh, a website, set up a website and planned our first concert. And so we do, we realized, okay, we have to have a show. We got to get people to come to it. I think our first concert was one of our big ones because most people had never heard of us. They were like, what is this acapella thing? So we had a really cool first concert. Since then, I would say we've always had about eight to 12 members. Eight is a little, or we started with seven actually. We've had seven to 12 members. 12 was a lot to manage. I think right now we're at the sweet spot with nine. What we did is over time, we put things like how many members we have, what's our annual cadence that we do two shows. We put those types of things in bylaws and an annual calendar. That's like a cadence for what we accomplish each season. So do you all have a constitution or anything? Or is it just the bylaws? And that's... It's the bylaws, but that lives off of the master link list, which is a single page that has an icon and a link to everything that you need as a member. You all sound very well organized (laughs) compared to some of the other groups I've been a part of. So that's really cool. Yeah, compared to... A lot of things. So with all these different channels, and you know, you mentioned the social media, you mentioned the website, you mentioned recruitment. Does that fall just under the president and the music director handles the rest? Or is there other roles involved with the group? How do other members of the group get involved and take on responsibility? There are two officially elected roles right now. We've had a couple more in the past. It was always an issue with accountability because then when there's a lot of people, more than two is hard to coordinate. But there is a roles spreadsheet off of the master link list where it's everything that you could possibly need to do in a group. We have a column for everyone's name and then you can check your interest in any of the different responsibilities that need that need getting done. So it's things like recording songs, doing arrangements, hosting rehearsals. That doesn't mean they have to do it. It means that those are the folks from which the music director and business manager can ask if they want to help out with that. And that way people have a chance to say they're interested in it, but it's not like forced on anyone to have to do something mm-hmm. that they can't handle. Aaron, what's that been like for you coming in again as a later member and seeing both what was already in place in terms of the logistical foundations and also how it's developed since you've started with the group? It was sort of amazing, I have to say, when I first joined and I started getting like the first email and seeing the master link list and I thought, what is this amazing PDF document? How can I make one? Because I need to organize my life. And it made joining a new group so easy for me. My questions were answered, everything. There was a schedule. There was, you know, anything that I needed to know was there and it was easily accessible down to even, you know, we have weekly digest emails that say, these are your action items. These are the dates coming up that you need to pay attention to. This is our schedule for rehearsal this week. You know, everything is very clear and it makes it a lot easier, I think, for everyone to just know what's going on and know what's expected of them to be able to participate as well. Like Sarah was talking about the list of rules. It, it gets down to even things like, you know, leading warm-ups or, you know, like even small things. So if I'm not able to be at a rehearsal, for example, I know exactly Mm -hmm. who I can ask and say, are you available and willing to help out with this this week? 
because they've expressed an interest in it. So I think it's it made it a lot easier for me as a new member. Absolutely. And totally. and now that I'm in a leadership, it makes it easier for me to to do that role. Yeah, and I think that that's that's super important when it comes to kind of minimizing, you know, the the worries and the stresses of new members that and I'm not sure what, what it was like at the beginning when you got when you all first started. Clearly, you all have this immaculate sign up genius system with acapella that I've never heard before, which is really cool. But just to kind of give a this kind of that benefit of, hey, this is how I can get involved. Here's where we can minimize stress. I, I think that that's something that's kind of cool and inventive in a sense. Mm hmm. So that's just really cool. Yeah, the idea came at one of our retreats because we were like, who are, why are, who's, who's doing what? What's happening? And so someone just opened up a spreadsheet and it wasn't me, but I finished it. <laughs> you perfected it, Sire. <laughs> so with that, and I'm curious, this is something I always think about, but I really don't get a chance to talk with other group members about, but is there any kind of, with all this wonderful system you all have set up, is there any kind of checks and balances in a sense of, hey, if mm. someone's failing to meet certain obligations or commitments? Is there anything to kind of help with that to kind of remedy any things of that nature? Because I don't, I don't know if acapella groups have a perfect system for things like that, because it's something that's volunteer at the end of the day. But do you all have anything in place? Or is it, hey, we just rely on our members to get things done? I have not personally experienced a situation where someone is not meeting expectations. I feel like initially, something that maybe kind of prevents that is that just in our audition process, the people that we get, the people that we attract, the people that fit with our group and we fit with them are the type of people that tend to be responsible and, and do what they're supposed to do. That said, if, if someone wasn't, for me personally, a, as music director, I suppose I would just try to have a, a private conversation with them and <laughs> see what was going on. <laughs> um, I haven't had the, I haven't had to do that yet and hopefully I, I will not have to do that. And it seems like you kind of already said it, but the way you frame your group, you know, clearly very organized that it's probably going to attract people that are very like-minded in how they want things to be done. So it seems like it's an issue you guys haven't had to deal with yet and probably won't for a while, which I think speaks to the ability of how well you guys have defined your group and how that frames your future in a sense and frames what's coming your way. Yeah, the most I've had to do would be like a group group me text message mm -hmm. to a specific member just being like hey next time maybe don't say that in front of the group uh that you're unprepared for rehearsal we just don't want everyone to hear <laughs> we don't want to hear it we don't want everyone to hear that you're unprepared tell us privately and you know like we totally understand but just we don't want it to become normal that everyone thinks it's fine it wasn't just you it wasn't just you that was probably the most common thing where it was just like Shayna and I were like wanting to make it really clear that you can be unprepared and have an off week and we totally understand that and totally get it. Tell us that way it doesn't become like a normal thing that, oh, everyone shows up and then the music director has to teach music parts. It was not just you. <laughs> everyone has a week off. Everyone, everyone is human and that's completely understanding. I think it's not a matter of needing to discipline people. It's just a matter of praising people when, when they do the things that our group likes and that way you see more of it because everybody wants to be doing a good job and if it's just a conversation if like hey is something going on i you know i just want to understand instead of like discipline mm -hmm. yeah and that's yeah. Such a, that's a big morale booster at the end of the day I, I don't think anyone comes in and just 
tries to think, hey, how can I fill the group at the end of the day? And it's what's needed at the end of the day. I'm like, like I said, I like this system that you all have because, you know, it works for you all. But at the same time, it's focusing on an element of uniting the group. We're all working towards that common goal at the end of the day. And hey, it's really minimizing risk at the end of the day. And there was another thing that you you all mentioned. You were kind of saying that, hey, you had the (laughs) member come in and necessarily be prepared. And you know what? I think that's super important to be like, hey, there's an authentic element of I don't know. This isn't like a real phrase. It's like authentic element of realness. It's I'm just using the same word twice, I guess. But it's just like, hey, we are a post collegiate group. We have life to balance. You know, it's no, no longer just, hey, this is school and acapella group. And, you know, maybe I don't have as many excuses, but I think especially it's even more vital of having the system down once you move to like a hobby group at the end of the day mm-hmm. with these real life balances. Yeah, because with my groups, I could frame the expectations for the groups through the infrastructure that supported it. Like, okay, like for a choir, like you need to be prepared when you come in and you need to be paying attention in sectionals. That's the same thing here. Whereas with a hobby group, with a post-collegiate group, it's, you. I mean, you just said it, Brian, like those things aren't in place for you. That culture isn't in place. So it's not only building a culture, it's building the expectations around sustaining that culture. Like with what you said, Syrah, about like, don't say that in front of the group because we don't want that to be normal. We don't want people to think that that is the proper way to go about being in this group. And I think and I think that's a really strong way of just like saying, nope, this is what our culture is. These are the things, not necessarily like what you should say in rehearsal, but what you should not say so we can preserve. Because hobby groups and post-collegiate groups and groups that don't have infrastructure behind them are more fragile than like a scholastic group or even like a school choir. So I think being really dedicated about making sure that everything around it and everything supporting it is pretty airtight, whether it's the logistics or whether it is how you're talking Talking about things in rehearsal and framing things that makes sense that you would like take such good care of it I think to make sure that it's as sturdy as it can be to weather the kind of craziness of life that doesn't quite hit scholastic groups or pro groups quite as hard yeah we did we did kind of have times where <laughs> people were you know kind of not prepared in their music you know it's been six years or I don't know how long it's been what year is it so it's been over six years. <laughs> and and so we've had times where, you know, people were less prepared because others weren't. And, you know, we just wanted to preserve that part of our culture and like say that it's important. And so we're all we're all pretty aligned. And that's why having that six month cadence we made for ourselves. So we have a six month season that is kind of just how we, we operate. So everything is in six months. We have a new leader every year. And um, it's a show every six months, a retreat. I mean, it seems like you guys have your thesis statement kind of of your group, your why of your group very clearly defined. And yeah. I think I, I think, Brian, you'd agree in that the groups, the many groups, the many people and the many leaders we interviewed. Uh, this is episode 91, by the way, that the ones that I feel do very strongly and succeed are the ones. I mean, the thing we just keep coming back to is like everyone agrees why they're in the group and what they want the group to be. Mm-hmm. And then everything else aligns everything lines up because you know how you want to go about things you if you guys want to be the if one person wants the group to be the very best group on campus and the other just wants a hobby then those two different people are going to react differently to someone taking 
the music director being lax in rehearsal or whatever. Because one person, the one person who's going to be really intense is going to say, you're not doing enough, where that's just perfect for the person who wants a more relaxed group. And because you guys are all on that same wavelength, it, there's clearly, I mean, we don't have two guests on the show that often, but there's clearly a lot of synergy between your answers because you guys understand your group's identity very well. And I think that's something that listeners should take note of. Like, it can be tricky to have those conversations about what do we want this to be but confront those differences and find out what, like carve out your group's identity by by talking about it and defining it in these, not only through conversations like this, but through like logistical things. Like here's how you tell us if you're late for rehearsal. Here's how we communicate. Here's how you audition. All these things that really just further make your group like a real thing and further and just define it uh, even more so. Yeah, most of the struggles that I've had in previous groups, I can literally pinpoint being your personality wow i'm sorry i don't know (laughs) you know i actually middle school has made me meaner but i've been i'm just those kids aren't good for you john man they're they're changing you man they're changing i know um (laughs) anyway uh most of the struggles i can pinpoint have been due to clashes and conflicts with trying to figure out you know who are we as a group at the end of the Mm -hmm. day you know, it's been that sense of identity, you know, this is what music we want to do, you know, here's, you know, do we want to do a bunch of paid gigs, we want to do nonprofit stuff at the end of the day, it all goes back to, you know, getting our head centered on this is what we want to become and this is what we have to do. So I'm like, it's super vital at the end of the day to kind of get all this stuff figured out earlier on, because as you can see from the Austinettes, I'm like, once you get it nailed down, it's so easy just to not only function, but attract new people to the group mm-hmm. so you don't have to explain that those things you know they come in knowing hey this is what the group is going to be and either the expectations I, are built into everything exactly because everyone's like subconsciously basically like agreed to them because they know what kind of group they're joining exactly well yeah this is just a good example listeners of like how to structure things like that's i think that's a big part of what we're talking about today and it's identity and structure i want they both inform the other thesis statement <laughs> school yeah, I think all you, right. I think you're all going to uh, have to do workshops for us, come and hold, you know, master classes on how to run groups for us, Austin Nets. We got to take one more quick break, uh, and then we are going to be right back here on Tacapella Talking with the Austin Nets. Have you heard Vocal Perspective yet? That's our weekly show that focuses on some of the most amazing women in the acapella world. It's hosted by Rachel and Amanda, and it airs every Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. East, 6.30 West, and then again on rebroadcast Sundays at 1.30 p.m. East, 11.30 a.m. West, and again 12 hours later. It's Vocal Perspective because every X chromosome deserves to be heard, recognized, and valued. Thanks for joining us once again on Tacapella. We have had a wonderful time speaking with Syra Guthrie and Aaron Youssef of the Austinettes out of Austin, Texas. Man, we've been learning a lot from personalities within groups, just kind of how to structure things, basically just how to run a group properly at the end of the day. Man, a I, hobby group, a, a group that a is group. A post-collegiate. Thanks for clarifying. Yes, you're, post-collegiate you're hobby group. So with that, <laughs> with our final segment, as per tradition, we always like to ask our guests, you know, if they could offer the acapella community one piece of advice, you know, whether it's a uh, singular in terms of one specific person one specific role or to the group still never had one specific person but i'm waiting for it one day is going to happen man keep hoping keep hope alive and so with that we pose the same question to both of you if you could offer the community one piece of advice what would it be get to know each other (laughs) 
Erin, you want to add anything to that? Sure. My advice is to have fun and enjoy the music. Music should be fun. It should be uplifting. It should lift you up if you're making it, and it should lift up the people that are listening to it. Well said. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you guys and see what you're all about, how could they do that? You can find us at the Austonet on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, and that's Austonet. So A U S T O N E. Oh, I just got it. Oh. Yeah, Austin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, did everyone? Brian, did you understand it? Did you get it? I didn't understand it until halfway through the show, so I've probably been pronouncing it terribly wrong, oh, and I apologize. I we don't have a pronunciation. Okay. Oh, okay. We never say our name out loud. It's just the inflection. <laughs> you all do it so much better than me. So, yep. Austonets. We don't normally say Austonets. Well, it's super helpful for our listeners. Yeah. So, you know, we appreciate it. All right, and that was the the website. Did we get a social media? It's www.austonets.com for social media. Media, we're slash Austinettes for Facebook, I think for Instagram as well, and YouTube. So it's pretty easy if you get the spelling right. Sweet. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today on Tagapella. It's been really fun just to talk to you about all, I mean, Brian already said it. Brian already did the cute putting a bow on it wrap up, but now I get to say it. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today and talking about all these different topics through the lens of your group. I think it's been really informative. And I hope so for listeners on just how to structure everything and how to run a group and how to be kind of a happy group, honestly, like a well-adjusted, happy yeah. group that people like going to. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. For sure. Brian, where can people find you, man? As usual, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I, and then for everything else that I do with College Acapella go follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at John Lampus. Follow Acaville Radio at Acaville Radio all over social media and follow Tacapella on Twitter and also at our website at tacapella.org. Thanks everyone for checking out this week's episode. We'll be back with episode 92 next week and for everything Acapella, please stay tuned.